whatever your faith is, whether, you know, you have no faith at all, I think this is um, something that will be relevant to anyone's lives. The current sufferings that you have right now are going to be nothing compared to the glory that you have later. Okay, so whether it's a sport, okay, the grind that you're going through right now, the suck like we talked about that you're going through right now, it might not feel like it's worth it right now. It might feel like, you know, it's the worst thing in the world right now. But that feeling, that feeling of um, how miserable you are is going to be nothing compared to the glory that you're going to have later. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Nixon, and my goal of this podcast is to bring on leaders in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, and just life in general to try and motivate us all to be better. We shouldn't strive to be millionaires in terms of money, but by the millions of lives that we can impact. If you want to be a guest or have a guest idea that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this episode. Then head over to our social media and give us a follow on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast, Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1, Facebook at Roughnecks Podcast. And then don't forget to subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel as well. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. You know, we got an episode coming out on a Friday, but I got a good guest with me this week. Played football with him at Ohio Wesleyan for four years, and he was part of the 7-Eleven gang, which we'll discuss here in a second. But Shane Quinn, welcome to the Roughnecks podcast, my guy. Thanks. Appreciate it, bro. Hope we could finally uh, get it figured out, and I appreciate the invitation. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk about 7-Eleven real quick because, you know, only really the people at Ohio Wesleyan know what that is, but... I came in as number four. Luckily, I changed the number seven. Shane was number 11. We were both safeties when we came in. Were you a safety when you originally came in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was when we came in. Yep. And it's actually funny. We came in in a class of like 11 safeties. Yeah. And it was like probably, I think. <laughs> I was the only one left. Safeties. And- yeah. Yeah. Everybody else. <laughs> you and me like- were the only yeah, our sophomore was the only two left, and then after that, you were the only safety out of all 11 that was still there and playing safety. So. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how what happens at, in a D3 fo- in football in general. People just drop like flies. Right. But so yeah, 7-Eleven, sophomore year, both of our starting safeties go down. Me and Shane were both the backups, and we were 7-Eleven, seven, number 7, number 11. So we just said 7-Eleven, only closed on Saturdays. That was the our thing and you know two scared sophomores i would at least i was fucking nervous i mean i was sitting right there almost shit my pants at times no yeah i mean it was cool i mean we both came in around i mean i think it was one week i think you started week five i started week six or something like that you know we both just came in originally thought we we're gonna be backups the whole year and i'm getting <laughs> thrown into the fire and then i mean the 7-eleven just kind of stuck all through senior year so it was pretty cool yeah we were part of a very damn good defense that year too we had some studs 
Maybe not in the back end, but <laughs> I didn't hurt having nature on Sterling out there either. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is very true. So I just want to um, first ask, you know, we're going to get into a big discussion on Ohio Wesleyan because like that's kind of like how we know each other. That's really how, the only re- way we know each other. But I'm going to first ask you like why you chose Ohio Wesleyan over all these other schools because you came from Chardon, Ohio. Search. And then made the transfer to um, uh, Delaware, Ohio, which I, are they different? They say, I've never been to Chardon, so I can't say what they're like. So just give me a background of what, why you chose Ohio Wesleyan, essentially. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe as I came to Ohio Wesleyan, I actually had a coach. Uh, he's my football coach and basketball coach in high school that played at Ohio Wesleyan. Uh, he graduated in, I believe, 2012 or somewhere around there. But, yeah, he played football here. He played for Coach D. Uh, Coach, he actually said it was like one of his favorite players of all time. And so he took me up here when I was a junior, um, showed me around Delaware, introduced me to the coaches and stuff. And so, I mean, the main reason I chose Ohio Wesleyan, it really just seemed like a good fit with the coaches. And I want to go somewhere. It really came down to Ohio Wesleyan and John Carroll for me. And I wanted to go somewhere where I felt I could play, number one, I get on the field early, which like we just talked about, you know, that definitely happened. I wanted to go somewhere um, where I could win. You know, I didn't want to be a part of um, a losing program. I've uh, had a couple tough years here, but for the most part, you know, that's been upheld as well. So, I mean, those are, those are really the two main reasons um, why I ended up coming here, coming out of Delaware. So then you made that after, what, sophomore year, you had to make a different shift again where you went from playing safety to linebacker. Talk about that. Now, was that a coach decision? Did you ask to do that? Because I honestly never knew what happened. I just kind of was like, I mean, I'm cool with him playing linebacker. I know he's going to be a damn good linebacker because you're one of those people who you don't care who's in your way. You're going to try and you're going to knock him out as much as hard as you can. So was what was that decision like? For sure. Whose decision was it? Yeah, so I kind of say it was uh, it's kind of half and half. Like I kind of noticed right after the season or really during the season, our sophomore year, I'm like, we have four guys who all have a lot of varsity experience at safety, you, me, Mario, and Rubel. I was like, it's only going to be two safeties, sometimes three on the field at once. There's a huge hole now at linebacker, you know, with Cam and Jordan graduating. So, I mean, it kind of was like, you know, one of us should probably go down there. So I was actually going to ask anyways, just because I thought it'd get me on the field more. I thought we were probably going to be rotating if I stayed at safety. And I was like, I feel like if I go down to linebacker, I have a pretty good shot to probably – um, you know, not be rotating, be on the field every play. But then when I met with Coach D, he asked me anyways. He was like, you know, I think we're going to move you down um, to linebacker. And so I never even had to even ask. It just ended up working out pretty good. And then obviously, I mean, from there forward, I you know, I had to switch up my training and everything, try and put on some weight. But, I mean, it just ended up being a pretty good fit for me. So, yeah. The weird thing is, is like you said, we had pretty good safeties. And, you know, me and you – we're, we were their backups originally, and then they came back. And then we look at it. I had to move positions, too, because that, that's the year I moved to corner. So it's like right. one of those things that, like, that kind of shows how deep we – that was, like, probably the only time in our life that we would have been deep, deep at safety. But we kind of made the transition. We just shifted people around. Like, you could probably still go back and play safety. Now, you not, might not be as fast as you were then, but neither am I. I'm not fast at all, so it's all good. But um, so did you – prefer safety or did you prefer linebacker? I think that I probably preferred um, safety. I think that like as a position, I think safety is probably my favorite position on the football field. I just feel like you get to do 
and you get to cover a lot, but you also get to, you know, be involved in the run game. But then I'd say it's probably been a more – I probably enjoyed playing linebacker more just because I've had more success. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, we were just, you know, sophomores at the time, got thrown into the fire. So, as a position, I probably like safety a little better overall. But, I mean, I've enjoyed playing linebacker a lot these last two years. So, so a linebacker – when you think of a linebacker, you get that cliche – I'm going to call it cliche – that cliche word of almost like they're a tough guy. Now – Yes and no. Like, so I know some linebackers that are big softies. Right. I don't not, – not necessarily at Ohio Wesleyan, but I, I know they're out there. But um, so our topic this month is toughness, and which I've been slacking on, but that's beside the point. Um, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word toughness? Yeah, so I think, you know, again, this is just like my definition. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to, you know, define toughness. I think it's someone who – um, is able to do something called embrace the suck. That's something that I know is like a big thing in like the Navy SEALs. And when I was a shard and they preach that constantly. But I think when you think about like what makes somebody tough, how much can they embrace an environment that honestly just sucks? Okay, an environment where they're uncomfortable, an environment that, you know, is outside of their comfort zone. And so for me, I think that's what really defines how tough you are. And I think like in our society, it's something that isn't really – very much, you know, being outside of comfort, embracing an environment that you know, really to suck is what I kind of think about um, when I think of this. And really, like that, exactly what I'm thinking at the same time, because like I have in my notes Coach D here, and that's basically what Coach D does to us. For those right. of you who don't know, Coach D has been at Ohio Wesleyan for years forever for as long as you can probably remember and he is one of my favorite coaches I've ever had but he every single day finds a way to make us like suffer in a way like we rerun pursuit what three four times a week the only day we don't is Friday and Thursday is usually a quick one but we we run pursuit and it's like no joke. Like you got to run your ass off. We'll keep running until you're, <laughs> until you're running your ass off. Oh yeah. yeah. And then he'll usually try and change that. Like he'll make it do the practice plan on purpose to where we're running pursuit and going straight into like a, t um, a team period where we're going up against the first team offense. And you're just like, and the offense is like, you know, they've been running routes and doing whatever they do over there. They don't, they don't do much over there, but they'll just kind of, and then we're dead tired and he does it on purpose. But like, that's right there is how you build not only your physical toughness, but also your mental toughness. And that's what I want to ask you too about is the difference between physical and mental toughness. So like, what do you think the difference is between the two? Like, how would you best explain what mental toughness is versus physical toughness? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I, I think like, I believe that your mental toughness is going to be a lot more prevalent than your physical toughness almost always. You know, I think that there's very few times where physically your body's going to give out while mentally you could keep on going. Basically, that's never going to happen. You know, like, even like the example you just talked about, like when you're running pursuit and you're going right into the team period, your body can physically do that and more. But it's always about whether or not mentally, you know, you're going to tap out. Now, there are some times where you physically just can't go anymore. But I think that very rarely do you ever actually hit the point of, physically you just can't go anymore like right now if I'm like go and do a plank as long as you can let's say you hold it for five minutes in reality you could probably hold it for more than five minutes physically 
but it's your mental toughness that's always going to go first or almost always is going to be, you know, your mental toughness that's going to give out before your actual physical toughness. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. How many people do you see that honestly like push themselves to where they literally pass out? Right. Very, very rarely. Very and that's be- that goes to show like that's your brain or your mental toughness. Like some people, yeah, you could have this one of the best mental toughnesses you've ever seen in your life, but they're still eventually going to give out. Like right. it's going to happen. They're going to give up. I'm not going to say give up, but like in a way, give up it, we all do it. And that's where, you know, that pursuit and that's where, that's where it weeds out those like freshmen that come in, especially because I remember as a freshman that first day we're running pursuit. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like whatever. Then that second day we're running pursuit. And I'm like, we're still running pursuit. Like we run pursuit <laughs> every day. And I'm right. like, God damn. But that's where it like weeds out those people. How, how mentally strong are you? And then like, to, that's why we do go um, straight into a team period because, you know, especially at safety, you know, we get all kinds of calls and we have to make all kinds of different freaking checks all the damn time. And that's right. where in your mental toughness is really tested. Like it's, it's crazy what it does, but you look at how that happens. Like how can someone build their mental toughness to become better because it's not necessarily easy, but it can be done in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's funny we started talking about coach D because uh, he gave me a book to read. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. I think it's been talked about on here. Before. When I think of toughness, David Goggins yeah. without a doubt is the first person that comes to mind. Right. It's just the first thing that comes to my mind. So I'm thinking about this stuff. So like, you know, I can't help talking about it. I just think, you know, it's, it's hardening your mind. I really think a lot of it, is just a choice. You know, when are you going to, like you were just saying, like, when are you going to make that choice, whether or not to quit or whether or not to keep on pushing your body further? You know, it, it is not easy to do, but in a way it is pretty simple to a lot of people. It's like, how far are you going to push yourself and what you're doing? You know, it's not necessarily like, if you look at it, you know, from a physical aspect, you know, someone who can maybe do, you know, much less than somebody else could still be pushing themselves, you know, much harder, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It's all about, you know, when are you going to check out and when are you going to, um, you know, flip that switch and give up. And when is someone else going to push themselves, you know, further? When I look at it too, I think the people with the stronger mental toughness are the people with less athletic ability, like yeah. in, in a sports world, at least right. because they have to fight for everything. Like you look at our freshman year, we had what a crap load of safeties. We had a battle like, and it was one of those where, yeah, this sucks right now, but I'm not, I'll be damned if I'm going to be last string on a depth chart. Like I'm going to try and work my way up on the depth chart. So like when you have something to chase too, that's the other thing. When you have something to chase, your mental toughness goes up. Exactly. And I think the hard thing is to keep a strong mental toughness when, you know, you don't necessarily have a reason for it. Right. That's where it's hard. Like, you know, waking up an hour earlier. Yeah. All right. I, I can get by without doing it. I mean, that I guess that's kind of mental toughness, but like, it's like one of those things of, Do you, how do you, um, like when you, you have to choose what's a priority and that's when your mental toughness, like your strong mental toughness comes out when, and those things. So, but then I'm also going to ask you about your physical toughness because you're one of those people. I don't think I could go into the gym and not see you in there. I feel like every time I've gone in, it doesn't matter when, which I go in a lot less than you do, but how much do you work out a week? Uh, you don't give yourself enough credit, Nixon. But I mean, I honestly, I try to go, you know, in the summer, like right now, I mean, I try to go every day. I don't, I wouldn't say I go seven days a week. if like, you know, I can't go for one reason or another, but I mean, I, I try and go seven days a week if I can, but you know, it really just depends on the schedule for that week right now. Obviously during the season, it's different, you know, yeah. I mean, I live as much as I can, but yeah, in the off season, like right now, I mean, I, I try and go, 
every day if I can. You know, are you I, still living in the dirty D? I am in the dirty D. The yeah, dirty I'm D with Crater and Lucas. So, so yeah. you got you you got the field and you got um the weight room. You're working the weight room too, aren't you? Yeah, working the weight room. Yep, can't beat it. So I'm basically wow. getting. Paid so to you're work the out. definition of a meathead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I've really molded into becoming that. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't deny it anymore. So I'm gonna ask you just for a little bit um what is your most recommended workout and why yeah so i mean i think it really depends on like what you're going for you know like for you know you and me for so long it's been all about you know becoming a better football player and i see you know just in a football aspect specifically i think you know it probably goes against a lot of you know research and a lot of like science behind it but i just think it's all about how strong are you and how explosive are you you know like i think you know if you can get under the bench and you can, you know, bench press 400 pounds, I think that's going to benefit you on the football field. I think if, you know, if I was able to bench press 405 pounds when I'm taking on, you know, Wittenberg's pulling guard, I'm going to have a lot more force coming to, you know, try and get him out of the way, you know? So that's kind of how I see it. You know, I think like if you're a football player, I think power clean is the number one um, workout. I just think that motion of hip explosion you know, full extension, you know, we are huge on power clean here. I think that, you know, no matter what position you're playing, you're going to be doing that movement constantly. And so the more weight that you can move doing that, I just think it's going to pay off. I mean, I'm also a huge believer in back squat. That's probably my favorite, my personal favorite. Never um, skip leg day. No, never <laughs> skip leg day. You're an athlete, never skip leg day. Now it's different if you're done playing sports, then it's not really about how strong you are it's more about how strong you look if you're still trying to yeah you're you know, just trying to look good you're not trying to be exactly. like this big yeah. muscle guy it'll be a lot different once i'm done playing I, you know <laughs> i'm sure you've already experienced that some uh i just uh, got into beer that's what i do now <laughs> no, I've, I've been trying to get in the gym and stuff but it's been difficult with work too i work outside so it's that's a workout in itself putting in fiberglass pools so but yeah, I mean, manual labor that's a whole different type of workout uh, right there. Yeah, not exactly what you want to do after college, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I respect that, though. Um, so the other thing I want to ask you about is – before I go into that, I forgot to ask – or forgot to say something. It blows my mind. You talked about power cleans. It blows my mind when we have freshmen and stuff that come in and literally have no idea how to power clean. It's a shame, man. It really is. And it's just like it goes, you know – it's all about your high school football program. Like my high school football program, I mean, I knew how to power clean from the time I was in eighth grade. Yes. But some of these guys are coming in as a freshman. It's not even their fault. They just are not being taught how to do anything in the weight room, you know, and it sets them back so far from where they could be. Yes. You know, coming from a good high school football program that actually, you know, teaches you how to lift. You know, these guys are coming in having no idea how to even power clean. It's really hard to catch up. I don't know. Chardon's not that good, are they? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know I had to throw it in there. On this road. It's a mere high school football program for sure. They went to state this year, didn't they? Yeah, she won it this year for the first time uh, in a very long time. Did you ever go to state? Not trying to be oh, like a dick. Oh, I'm just asking. Right. No, we didn't. I mean, um, I believe that, you know, we had a shot my year. But, uh, no, we ended up losing in uh, week 12. Yeah. It's okay. I never, I only made it to week 11 one time. So right. you got me beat. I'm not even, I'm not even, I can't even sit here and give you shit because I never <laughs> made it. Right. But I got to ask you about the tough decision. It might have not been a tough decision for you, but it, I mean, it was a complicated decision. Our senior year got basically ripped away from us. 
but you decided to come back for an extra year. Take me through that decision because that is a, that's a life decision in a way. Yeah. So take me through that decision and what all happened, what all your thought process was through it and why you decided to stay an extra year. Yeah. Well, first off, it was definitely not an easy decision. It was, it was an extremely challenging decision. It was one I had to make pretty quick. You yeah. know, we didn't find out that we weren't having a season until, I mean, it was like a it few was, weeks before yeah. we were coming back. We didn't know for sure. And for me, I was student teaching in the spring. So I had to make a decision basically right away as to whether or not I was going to, you know, save a class and be able to come back. Um, but for me, ultimately, it came down to, you know, simply just football. I mean, I, I, you know, I still feel like I have, you know, more games to play and I still just love playing football. You know, I'm not ready to hang it up is the honest truth. And even more than that, you know, I really feel like we had the team this year um, to win a conference championship. I really think that, you know, had we had our whole team together, played a 10-game season, I think this was the year to do it. And that was like when I came in, you know, that was the number one thing I wanted to, you know, I want to see us do was win a conference championship. And so, you know, I'm hoping that I can come back next fall and we'll be able to do that. And I think I still have a lot to contribute in uh, hopefully just getting there. So, I mean, just a lot. I feel like I have a lot to give to the game of football and a lot left to give to a hustling still. So, yeah, like I look at it, I wanted to come back so bad. But, like, my big thing was money. That was where I – had to draw the line, but we are, you got like, you guys are so close to a conference championship, especially after our junior year where we were literally one game away, right? One game away from doing it. And we, me and Kenny just talked about this. We just had our episode. It came out on Tuesday. We just talked about like that feeling. And that was the other thing that I told when I was talking to my parents was surprisingly my mom's all about football and my dad didn't play football, but like my mom's all about it. And I thought she was going to be the one to tell or to tell me to go back for next year, but it was my dad. Yeah. And my mom was like, well, and I, but I also had to make the adult decision by myself. But, and then I look at it, my, our junior year, when we walked off the field after Wittenberg, watching them celebrate a conference championship, knowing that should have been us. Right. Not even if we beat them, just if we beat Worcester the week before or whatever it was, Right. Like it's, you look at that and that fueled me. And that was also, I was sitting there talking to my mom and I was and my dad and I was like, I could go back for it. Like we are this close to a conference championship. Exactly. exactly. So I give exactly. you credit and I, you, now you, I will say you do have a little bit of pressure on you though, <laughs> because I think a lot of people, especially recent, like I can tell you like beachy coach, I'll call him coach Teddy for the first time in my entire life. Coach Teddy, like those, even our class, like we, I feel like we expect you guys to get that conference championship. And like, yeah, it's going to suck for us, but it, it'll make us fucking happy as shit to see you guys right. get that, get that ring. Because that's all, that's all you ever chase when you're playing football. If you're not chasing a conference championship or a state championship or whatever, any type of championship, then what are you playing football for? Right, Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, I wanted you to come back. I was in your ear constantly, but, you know, <laughs> I, you know I understood. You know, I, I mean, I personally wanted you to come back, you know, just to keep on playing that 7-11, but you would have helped the team a lot too. But, I mean, you know, that was a decision you had to make, and, you know, I respect it 100%. But, yeah, I mean, that that taste in the mouth from uh, that Wittenberg game, I just remember we got back in the locker room, and then, you know, we heard them cheering on the field when they found out that DePaul won, meaning they were going to share the conference. I mean, that's just been fuel for me constantly. I still can't believe DePaul beat Wabash. 
Yeah, that was – I mean, that was really just the kicker at the end of it too. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable. So Because we beat DePaul that year too, didn't we? Yes, we did. And then we, we lost Yeah, we lost to Wabash. Yep. And then somehow DePaul that, – that's like a rivalry game between, you know – I did not realize. Did you know that coming into Ohio Wesleyan that like that was a giant rivalry in Indiana? It's like one of like the biggest rivalries in like D three sports. Like it's like a huge game. I, I, I didn't know that. I remember like freshman year or something. It was on ESPN, and I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck? Like why is this on ESPN right now?" It's on ESPN right now. I'm so confused. Hey, we made ESPN one time. We did our uh, sophomore year. Yeah, that blocked kick, right? Or no, it was that would have been our freshman year, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, it was our freshman year. Blocked kick against, what was it, against Wabash, right? It was again, we beat them, though, and yeah. the kicker had all their points that yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hogan blocked the kick, and then their kicker caught it and then scored. I forgot about that. That was insane. Yeah, we ended up winning that game, though, somehow. Yeah, but yeah, that was um, so going a few final thoughts before we wrap into the best segment of the podcast. What are the goals of Shane Quinn going forward and how do you plan to achieve them? Because we've always talked in our leadership meetings that you've been a part of and stuff. They have to be like attainable goals or um, quantifiable goals. I think too many people these days make goals like, oh, I want to be a better person. All right. How can you like measure that? Is there any way to measure that? So what are your goals going forward and how do you plan to get to them? Right. Yeah. Great question. I think it's great to talk about goals, too. I think like right now, you know, I set goals for myself, like, you know, for every semester or summer, whatever it may be. So my summer goals are, you know, things small. I want to read, you know, four books. Some, that's something that's quantifiable. I want to read X amount of books. I want to hit, you I'm know. Stop you real quick, though. Do you have Because I'm a read. I like to read as well. So do you have any book recommendations? Like, do you have books that you were planning to read at least? Yeah. So we already talked about Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. Coach D actually recommended that to me 100%, you know. If you're listening to this podcast, go read that book. You know, it was absolutely – it's honestly like a life-changing book. It'll change your whole mental process on a lot of things. Um, and then another book I'm going to read is uh, Peak Performance Every Time. Uh, Jay Martin actually gave me that here in one of his classes. Um, that's just all about, like, the mental aspects of sports. And then Atomic Habits is another one that um, I haven't read yet, but that I know I really want to read. Um, I've heard good things about So, yeah, that's a few I've been thinking about so far. I've actually been slacking a little bit on that, but – uh, yeah, trying to read like, you know, two books a summer or something or two, two books a month, I mean, or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's a good thing to do. And there's a, another book I'm actually going to recommend to you right now on this podcast. And it's called the winner's manual. If you haven't read it, it's where our champions manual comes from. Okay. So it's Jim Trestle's book and that's where we get our champions manual for. And it kind of like takes you through some of those topics that we have and that's where i get my topics from for this podcast is the champions manual so i recommend that book and it's actually i feel like it's right up your alley it's it also has like jim trestle's very religious as well and i I just feel like you would enjoy that book as uh, personally yourself yeah but sure i love jim trestle too so yeah i'll definitely take a look at that yeah but continue with your goals that you got yeah and so then for lifting i mean i have you know maxes i know i want to hit this summer um and so then going into the you know fall season you know I want to be an all-american um next fall so like you talked about you know how are you going to accomplish that I think that's like a good point you know like yeah I want to be an all-american you know so you know really just watching the film seeing the aspects of my game I know I need to get better at you know like I know I need to be quicker getting to the edge I know I need to be better getting off blocks you know so a lot of that stuff can come right from the weight room and right from being on the field so you know just doing everything that I can to get to that point 
Um, then, I mean, the other goal, obviously, this isn't a goal I can personally achieve, but it's just that conference championship, you know, so just really, you know, not even from a playing aspect, it's more from, you know, leadership aspect being, you know, a fifth year senior, you know, I know I need to step up a lot more than I have, you know, if we want to have a chance to, uh, you know, get that conference championship. So those are where my goals are at right now for the most part. You were just recently named something for last season. What was it? I don't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, second team All-American, actually. Yeah. So you're, you're already on that, that path. And I yeah, will say – I got to put it together for a 10-game season, though, for real, you know. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. In three games, you got second team All-American. So yeah. you're doing something right. Sure, for sure, yeah. But I will say I give you a lot of credit, and this is something that I want to point out. You noticed – you didn't just say, I want to be this – and stopped you said you know you noticed your flaws in a way you said you know I got to be better at this 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 you noticed those things and you know exactly how you can get better at those and I know because I, I know you and I know you know exactly what to do but like it's one of those things that people don't realize like I think a lot of people say oh I want to do this I want to change this but they don't notice the things that they have to actually change what they actually have to work on to become better so give me a yeah. shed a little light on that about like you know, what, what would you recommend to people? Like when they want to change, when they want to make a difference in their life, what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a really good point. The one thing I'd recommend is goal setting for sure. So that, that's, you know, that's where you got to start at. And also, you know, make them short-term goals to start, you know, don't start, you know, I want to, you know, something that's way out there, start small and then work backwards. First set the goal. Okay. That's great. I mean, you can set as many goals as you want. It doesn't mean anything. You can write them down. You can get them tattooed on you, whatever you want then you got to make a process of exactly how you're going to um, accomplish that goal. And this is something I actually learned in Jay Martin's class as well is, you know, once you set that goal, you know, that's not enough. You know, just setting a goal. I mean, that's good. Do it. But, you know, that's literally doing nothing for you. Exactly. How are you going to accomplish that goal? Step-by-step -step process. You know, if you start going through a step-by-step -step process and you're realizing, you know, it still doesn't seem attainable, then maybe you need to rethink, you know, what your goal is, you know, start and it's okay to shift your goals around. Like, you, like you're saying, it's, it's okay to set a goal and realize, all right, maybe I set this too big at first. It's okay right. to bring it down a notch. Mm -hmm, Make, exactly. Cause like, that's the thing you need your little wins every once in a while. You need right. to have accomplishments because otherwise you just feel like you're chasing and you're never getting anywhere. And yeah. that's when people give up. So you need like, yes, it's okay to have maybe one big goal but then also have these little goals that you can accomplish along the way. Cause right. you, like you can't climb a ladder when the steps are, you can't see my hands, but steps are super <laughs> I, far I, apart. Yeah, it's you. easier to climb a ladder when the, you know, you can climb one little step at a time. That's right. what people, I think we just talked about last episode with Kenny. Like it's the little things that add yeah. up to the big things. Yep. And I think like kind of what you're saying, you know, another way to put it too is fall in love with the process as well. Don't just, you know, you set your goal, and if that's the only time you're going to, you know, enjoy the whole entire, you know, process that you're going through, then you're never really going to reach that goal. Fall in love with the whole entire process of getting there. Like, like you know, for you and me, like, you know, we've fallen in love with the whole entire off-season training for football. Obviously, our end goal is, you know, whatever, All-American Conference Championship. But fall in love with the whole entire process, and you're going to end up being a lot more successful, and you're going to, you know, have those smaller achievements like you were talking about that will build you up the whole entire way through. And my thing, you'll never achieve anything without that process. Right. Nothing, exactly. nothing in life is handed to you, but death and taxes. That is one oh. thing that I learned from my old man. Yeah. Nothing in life is handed to you, but death and taxes. Those are the only two things 
And and I like to throw in too, failure. Failure is going to be fucking handed to you. Failure comes a lot easier than success does. Absolutely. You got to go through a lot of failures to eventually get to a little bit of success. Exactly. That is the one thing I don't think people understand. Like, you know, I look at it too with this podcast. This isn't, you know, this isn't my first podcast. This isn't my first attempt at all this. It's my second. And I, and people are like, Oh, didn't you like, when I first started this, they're like, are you sure you want to do this? Because like your last one, I'm like, yeah, I learned a lot from that last one. I learned what not to do. I learned, you know, don't have a narrow focus, like keep a broad topic. Keep like, I learned a lot of different things and that can, that's with any aspect in life. Don't right. take that failure as I, there's a, I don't know if you know who Jocko Willink is. Sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So I posted something recent, a couple week week or so ago where he talked about got beat good. And it was just basically him saying good. He goes like, if you can say good, then you are still alive and you still have the opportunity. People will talk about all these, this adversity and all these problems and all this stuff. When I think of adversity now, after I've started doing a lot, like grown in life and learned a lot more adversity is an opportunity to become better. Right. Like there is a reason you have that adversity in your life. It's to learn because if you, no one's perfect, no one's born perfect. I wish we were. Yeah. We all wish we were. It'd be a lot easier life, but it'd probably be very boring. Right. To be perfect. So it's okay to have that adversity. It's okay because that adversity is going to build your mental toughness, going to build your physical toughness and all that. I think people shy away from adversity when adversity is an opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's really a great line. Adversity is an opportunity. And like you said, you know, like using your podcast as an example, if you look at anyone that, you know, just focusing on the podcast world that has a really successful podcast today, like I listen to Team Never Quit podcast all the time. They're kind of similar to stuff that you talk about. At one point, they started the exact same place. You know, that's why people, you know, people don't understand that. It's like at some point they were doing the exact same thing. The difference between them and other people is that, you know, they didn't give up on what they were doing, you know. And so continuing to try and, you know, push through the adversity and, you know, have these failures after failures after failures will eventually, you know, lead to success. So I think that's a really good um, example to use. Exactly. So another question that I like to wrap, kind of wind down with is who is your biggest inspiration in your life and why? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of people I could choose for this. You know, my family has been very inspirational in my life. I'd say the two individuals that have really um, just really been extremely inspiring to me, especially when I was in high school and into college, I had two coaches um, from my, from my high school, coach Morowski, who I talked about a little bit earlier and coach Hewitt. So I think from like an inspirational standpoint, it doesn't even really have to do anything with sports. None of the inspiration that they gave me, you know, they definitely inspired me to be a better athlete, but really just inspired me to be a better person, you know, inspired me to be, you know, how to be a man and what it means to be a man, what it means to be um, a strong Christian, you know, and they really just instilled these values and beliefs in me that I really just didn't have. And so, you know, it was really inspiring for me to see, you know, where they're at now in their lives and, you know, how they got there. And, you know, they really both took me under their wing um, back when there was really no reason um, for them to. And so that's probably the reason I want to be a teacher as well is just, you know, that type of inspiration that I got from, you know, my coaches, there's other coaches too. I had back in Chardon that, you know, I can point to as, you know, what really inspired me to um, do a lot of things I'm doing today. It's crazy what coaches can do, like, especially high school coaches. Cause as soon as you were saying that I had a coach to come to mind, I won't say his name because of the things I'm about to say, but you know, in high school, people are like, Oh, he's not a good coach. He, he's not, like, he's not doing anything, blah, blah, blah. Everybody thought he was a bad coach. 
And then one time I was golfing with Cam Smith's dad, actually. And he said, coach, blah, blah, blah. He was like, he may not have been the best football coach, but he was one of the best people to like take boys and create them to men. Yeah. And that's what high school, yeah, yeah, we want to win in high school. Like, you want to go win a state championship. But we're high, we're, we're dumb teenagers that don't know what the hell's going on. Right, exactly. And he, when I think of adversity, good God, I can always think of his locker room speech about adversity. But, like, he taught us a lot about what it takes to be a man. Like, he, he tra- transformed us from that teenager to, all right, grow up a little bit stage, essentially. Right, so, and I think that, that's more important than any type of X and O's, any type of lift. And don't get me wrong, my coach has also made me a much better athlete, but that doesn't even really matter in the long run. You know, looking back now, it's like as much as, you know, they put in a lot of time to make me, you know, physically better, but, you know, the lessons that they taught me outside, like what you're talking about with your coach, I mean, that matters way more than, you know, any type of X's and O's, any type of squat or power clean. You know, some coaches can really, you know, take that time and, you know, have that knowledge to really just create, you know, better men you know, they go into society. And so I think that's, you know, a pretty cool thing to see. Yeah. They're like the football thing. It's only a chapter of our life. Exactly. It's not our life. It's just right. a chapter of it. Right. Yeah. So if you could go back in time though, and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, I saw this question. It's a really good one. Um, I tell myself a lot. Uh, there's a lot I would tell myself, but the main, I think we all would <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of advice I could give myself, but you know, that that's, that's life. Um, I would say just enjoy the journey. Um, you know, in sports in particular, that's kind of like the theme. You know, I wish I – the one thing I really think I would have told myself, just enjoy it more. I was always, you know, a little bit too focused on the next game or how I played in the game before or what I could have done better, you know, what you know, this and that, who the next opponent is. I wish I would just take a little more time to just enjoy the journey. So anyone that might be listening that is, you know, younger, still got, you know, quite a few years left, you know, in college and in high school both, just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, because as I know you know now, you know, it'll be gone before you know it. Um, you know, all that little stuff really won't even matter that much. Just enjoy the whole entire process because um, it really is a great one. Yeah, I 100% agree with that because I look back and I'm like, you know, I played however many years of football and like it just seemed like when you're doing it, it seems like it's going so slow yeah. and then it's done and it's like, where did where did time go? Like, right. what what the hell just happened? And especially mm-hmm. this year, like only having three games after that third game, I was just like, that's it. Like, does this really mean I'm done? Like, is this like, I'm very confused. It was weird that like first Monday morning, not waking up and going to lifting. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I I feel I have so much time. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) It's unbelievable how much time you probably have now. (laughs) We didn't even know we were done after that third game too. So that was extremely unique situation. That's what really sucked. But um, that was what was like, you know, that's what made this whole year even worse is like, you know, all right, we still got another game. Right. Wait, right. you already took my season away. And now you're taking away my last game. Yeah, so. much worse than that, man. Yep. Yeah. At least we I, I will say at least we got to play a few games. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, so, a lot of schools didn't even get that. Exactly. Most D3 schools didn't even get that, you know, in our conference, at least. Heck, you there know. was only what, three or four teams in our conference that played three yeah. teams in our right. conference. Most, most a lot of teams didn't even practice do anything. So, I mean, that's a good point, though. I mean, imagine being a senior and literally doing nothing your whole senior year for football. I mean, that yeah. just – yeah, that's a whole different ball game. So Yeah, but with that, it's time to move on to the best segment of the podcast, which is Motivation Monday. Hey. 
Motivation Mondays, where I allow my guests to give a little inspirational bump to set the tone for the week as they listen on their Monday mornings. So what does Quinn Man have for Motivation Monday? All right, for sure. So mine's going to be a little bit different. Some people might not like it, um, but I don't really care. So mine's actually going to be a Bible verse. Um, it's Romans 8.18, and it's, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's one more time. I consider that our present sufferings, okay, our sufferings right now are nothing worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And why I picked this, obviously, you know, I do have, um, you know, I have a strong faith. And so I see it from a biblical aspect, you know, but I think that whatever your faith is, whether, you know, you have no faith at all, I think this is um, something that will be relevant to anyone's lives. The current sufferings that you have right now are going to be nothing compared to the glory that you have later. Okay, so whether it's a sport, okay, the grind that you're going through right now, the suck like we talked about that you're going through right now, it might not feel like it's worth it right now. It might feel like, you know, it's the worst thing in the world right now. But that feeling, that feeling of um, how miserable you are is going to be nothing compared to the glory that you're going to have later, okay? In a sports aspect, it's that glory of being on the field um, and winning and winning that championship or being do or dominating the field, could be in the business world, you know, these 12-hour days that you're working are going to be nothing compared to the glory that you're going to feel later. And obviously, you know, it could be from a religious aspect as well. You know, what God is doing in your life right now will be nothing compared to the glory that, you know, he's going to show you later. It's all a stepping stone. If you're able to just get through the, the parts that suck, get through the sucking process, get through the miserable times, you know, it's going to be so well worth it in the end when you um, are able to have whatever, you know, your glory may be. So... That's my uh, little motivational uh, piece for you. I like that because you are actually the second person to bring a Bible verse on this podcast. Really? Yes. Cool. Joe cool. Delagrave, who I had on, who is actually getting ready to go compete in the Olympics for the uh, wheelchair rugby. He plays wheelchair rugby and he's getting ready to go compete in the Olympics in Tokyo. But he brought one on too. And but I like how you like you incorporate like, yeah, you brought a religious thing into this but you were incorporated it into every aspect of life. There's every, there's so many different ways you can look at it. I think when people think religious, sometimes they get like weirded out if they're not religious and they're like shied away from it. But when in reality, like when you look at it, you can take anything religious and like any Bible verse and turn it into any aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was like, when I saw this Bible verse, I'm like, you know, you can see it from a religious aspect for sure, like I do, but this, I mean, this can relate to anyone. Yeah, you know, what's going right now is nothing compared to the glory that you're going to have. That doesn't need to be religious at all if you don't want it to be. That's just a message for life, you know. Exactly. Just, so I think you can, you know, you can take that a lot of ways. So I think that's a good point, too. I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with bringing a little bit of Bible verse into it as well. So I'm definitely not complaining. I appreciated that. And I actually needed that because this week has been awful. <laughs> but. With that, that's a wrap on episode 41 of the Roughnecks podcast. As always, if you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscription button. There are awesome guests lined up next month, so be sure to tune in with our new topic, which I will announce right now. Usually I don't announce unless it's on social media, but I'll announce it right now. It is focus, so it's taking that transition from toughness to focus. Be on the lookout for our future episodes because you do not want to miss them. Fankhauser is actually hooking me up with a guy, so I got to a good one coming next month. Hopefully it all still works out. He texted me and said it was still good, but I just, you never know with things, things fall through on the screen with him. He's also, yeah, he's also in training camp. So like, it's a little bit of a different circumstance, but right. be on to look out for those episodes until next week. Y'all, you know, the deal.
Life is hard. We'll knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. What are you going to do? Let the bull of life walk all over you? Or are you going to get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life? Until next week, Roughnecks out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and then also subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel. If you want to be a guest or have a guest that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com or message me on social media on Instagram at roughneckspodcast or Twitter at roughneckspodc1 or Facebook at roughneckspodcast. Life is hard and will knock you down like a bull. Don't lay there and let it run you over. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Till next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.